Thanks for checking out the New Hope Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you and transform you into who God is calling you to be. You are loved. Enjoy. We're jumping in. We are in week three of our series, Bless This Home. Everybody say, Bless This Home. And uh, we've been talking about how important our homes are. You know, it's not just our house, right? This isn't, you know, what makes this building is not the, the walls or the stucco or the beautiful paint, right? It's the people that are in this building. You know, it's the same thing for your home. You know, what makes your home is not the outside or the front door or the color, right? Or the, the furniture that you have or the decorations that are up on the wall. Guess what it is? It's the people that make your home. And so God wants your home to be blessed. What I love about Matthew 5, if you ever read it, maybe read it this week. It's a great read. It's a great one to read almost every day even. And it talks about these Beatitudes. And it talks about all these incredible blessings. You know, we talked week one about blessed are those who hunger and thirst for they will be what? Filled, right? For they, when we hunger and thirst for things that are right, true, that are moral, we will be filled. Blessed are the pure in heart. For what? What will happen then? They will see God. And so today, we are going to look at this scripture. If you want to look this way, we're going to look at this scripture that's really important in Matthew 5, 9. It says, blessed are the peacemakers. Any peacemakers in the house today? For they will be called children of God. Come on, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this message. Thank you for your word today. Thank you that we can gather together when not everybody is at this moment. Lord, we pray that you would speak to us. In Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. You know, I don't know about you, but I want peace in my home. Anybody want peace in their homes? Who wants conflict at their house when you get home from church today or in the vehicle? No. Better be careful in here. I'll come move that arm. But we all, we all want peace, right? We all want joy and love and, and all of those amazing things in our homes. So now we mix this in with what's going on. And how much more so do we need peacemakers in our world? Amen. And so I remember growing up, uh, it wasn't always peaceful at my house, right? There was, there was definitely some conflict at my house. You know, my brother was almost six years older than me, and we wrestled quite a bit. You know how that worked out. I'd never won, ever. You know what, though? After that moment, I never lost to anybody but my brother, because I learned how to wrestle and be quick, even though I'm small. No one believes me. That's okay. But you know what? One time my brother and I had some conflict. And um, we, were, we were tussling and he put my backside through the wall. Like right between the studs. And uh, you know, we, we have conflict in our homes, right? And I know that's kind of a funny one. But you know, we, there is some serious stuff that happens in, in, in our homes. You know, maybe you're a single mom trying to raise kids and there's conflict. No, I don't, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do my homework. And you, you tend to fight through that. 
You know, maybe you're a mom and your, your mother is trying to tell you how to parent, right? She's looking over your shoulder. She's a backseat driver or your father. That can be a little difficult sometimes too, right? I'm not talking about anybody. I'm not talking about my mother-in-law. She doesn't do that. Just keeping the record straight. You know, maybe you're like, man, my kids are always being disrespectful. It's hard. I remember when my dad, when I was younger, my dad would pull over the car at least once a week. Right? Seriously, I'm going to pull this car over. Listen, he, 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 uh, he stuck to his promises. And where I'm from, it could be minus 20, and he pulls over the car, and you're walking home. That has happened. You know, maybe you're a blended family, so you have an ex and you have stepchildren. You know, there's conflict in our home. You know, I believe that today through this message, God is going to do some healing in all of our homes. I don't think there's any person in here who would say, well, our, our home's perfect. It's, it's perfect. There's, there's no homes in here that are perfect, right? But there are homes in here that, that do need some work. And I believe that God is going to do some healing in here today. Let's look at this Matthew 5, 9 again. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. You know, when we look at this scripture, you know, we think of peace, right? We think of the word shalom. You know, shalom is not just really one word. It's, it's a statement. I wish you the highest good. I don't want you to strive. I, I just wish that you have good in your life. I wish that you have peace in your life. I want to cause peace to you. I want you to be abundantly blessed in every area. You know, shalom or the word peace is not just one word. It's a lifestyle of peace. You know, there's a lot of turmoil in our world, right? All right. The turmoil recently is about toilet paper. <laughs> What is going on with toilet paper? Like, how many times, like, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll have a chat later. Don't shake my hand if we're talking about it. But what is up with, you know, next time something like this happens, we should come up with some other random item and see if that's the one that gets sold out, right? Dental floss. Everybody get your dental floss. See if we can, see if we can sell out all the dental floss. In New Hope, we'll have our own dental floss, like Hope Floss. But it's crazy, isn't it? Our world's in this big turmoil. You're like, I bought some toilet paper recently. And then the only reason you buy toilet paper because you know everybody else is going to buy it. So you're like, I better get mine. What is going on with that? But I, I, I wish you the highest good. I wish you the most peace. I want you to have an abundantly good and blessed life. Peace. I want you to be a peacemaker. You know, I know we want peace, but I don't think that we just want peace as Christians. I think we need to deliver peace. I think that we are the agents. We are those who are out wherever we are, and we are the delivery of peace. Right? That can look differently for whoever's in the room. Maybe that's in your home. Maybe you have to, to maybe zip it once in a while to bring peace. 
Maybe you have to say something once in a while to bring peace. Right? Depending on your personality, depending on what's going on. We don't just want peace. We want to be peacemakers. We want to deliver peace. We want to share peace everywhere we go. Because why? Jesus is the Prince of Peace. You know, it's seeking the highest good. You know, I know that uh, we read in the Bible that um, we, we talk about an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, right? But Jesus said he came to bring peace. He's the peacemaker. You know, sometimes you're like, well, I have the right to be angry. I have the right to be offended. I have the right to be hurt. You know, but I believe that we have to put peace in its place when we're offended. When we feel like we have the right to make conflict. So I want to look at this idea just for a moment. Blessed are our peacemakers, not peacekeepers. Look at this. Peacekeepers often avoid conflict to keep the peace. Have you ever met someone like that? Well, just don't say anything and it'll be okay. Sometimes that's okay, but a lot of times that's not okay. You know, if you're a diplomat with the government or if, if you're, you're running a business or you're, you're a leader of your home, saying nothing sometimes is saying a whole lot of something. God calls us to not be a peacekeeper. He calls us to be a peacemaker. Peacemakers embrace conflict to make peace. Wait a second, Pastor Landon. You're saying we have to be okay with some conflict? Yes. If you look throughout all of your life, you grew in the middle of conflict, haven't you? Yes. Right? When you're at the gym, there's some conflict going on. There's some stretching happening. And so the same way with when we're making peace, when we're peacemakers, there's going to be some conflict. There's going to be some correction with our kids. Well, no, no, just let them go. We don't want to cause anything. Just get them what they want at Walmart. No. The best word to say at Walmart with your kids is really short. No. Can we practice this together? One, two, three. No. Ooh, no. We had a yes over here. More no's than yeses, so we got we got it. But it's okay to have some conflict. Because that's how peacemakers do it. You gotta work through some problems to make peace. Right? When they say we made a truce, do you think that it took some time and effort to make a truce? You think it took some time and effort? Yes, right? It's gonna take some effort. It's gonna take a little bit of conflict. You know, peacemakers embrace conflict to make peace. You know, so our main topic throughout this whole series of Bless This Home is we are not just a Christian home, right? We're not just a Christian home. Uh, that just really means is our, we're culturally Christian. We do Christian things. We go, to, we go to church. And that's about it. We don't talk about Jesus through the week. We're just, we're just culturally Christian. No, no, no. We are we are a Christ-centered home. 
You know, blessed are the peacemakers. So when we're a Christ-centered home, we, we embrace this idea of peace. Amen? No one's sleeping yet, right? All right. All right. Look what it says here. You know, well, before I get to the scripture, we're going to bring up Romans 12 here in a moment. But think about this for a minute. Christ-centered homes, when we have those, isn't conflict-free. It's not absent of conflict. There's going to be those times where we have a little bit of conflict. Look what it says in Romans 12, verse 17, 18, and 21. It says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now I'm going to jump into these three ideas for today. If you want to write them down or if you have the app. That we do want to have peace with everyone. But you know what? Not everyone wants to have peace with you. So there is a point that you're trying to make peace. It's not always going to work. So if we're going to be a Christ-centered home, what do peacemakers do? What do peacemakers do? Number one, tell the truth in love. Everybody say, love. If we're going to be peacemakers, we're going to have to tell the truth in love. That might be very hard when your wife comes out and says, what do you think of my new dress? Now you've got to think before you speak in that moment. You are a peacemaker. A lot of times I'm like, what new dress? I get in trouble. <laughs> Tell the truth in love. Ephesians 4.15 says, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is head of his body, the church. You know, we're supposed to speak truth in love. You know, a lot of people, we're just like, oh yeah, I'm going to offend people. I'm, I'm just going to say how it is. I'm kind of like that sometimes. And I got to be careful. Because I'm, I am supposed to speak the truth. We are supposed to keep the peace by being a peacemaker. And we are supposed to speak it in love. Look what it says directly after that. Growing. So when we are speaking the truth in love, we're going to grow. Because we're going to have to maybe think before we speak. I have to do that. Anybody else have to do that? We've got to think before we speak. You know, that doesn't mean we yell the truth in love at our house, right? I'm sure there's, there's yelling that happens in homes that are represented here. You know, you always leave your clothes lying around the bleep floor. That might, be a, that might be something that's talked about at your home or yelled about at your home. You know, how do, how do we tell the truth in love? Because some of us, we, we just, we don't get it. We're like, we just tell the truth. Just say it. Put it out there. We don't need to worry about our tone. We do have to worry about our tone. Um, how to tell the truth in love. You might want to start in the middle of a non-conflict moment, right? 
If you're in a heated debate with your spouse or with your kids, you might not want to come out and be like, well, and you do this, and you do this, and you leave your clothes everywhere, and you don't do any of this. Probably not a good time to speak those ideas of truth in love. Amen? There's not many people amen in me today, so that means I'm getting through. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Number two, how do we tell the truth in love? We want to confront the issue, not the person. Do we love the people in our home? You're like, gosh, yes. We love the people in our home, right? We love the people in our home, right? Amen. We love the people in our dorm, right, at college. <laughs> I'll pray for you. But we don't confront or attack the person. We confront and attack the issue. Amen? And so if we have issues, we say, hey, we have a situation here. You know, I have, I have an issue, okay? I talk a lot. So on Sundays, I get to kind of do what I do best, talk. But what's awesome about my wife is she's, she's totally figured out the best time to, to help me and to attack my issues <laughs> and, and not during a conflict time. So it'll be just a, whenever. It's just say, hey, I just, um, at church, you know, there was someone talking to you and you walked away. <laughs> I'm like, I did? I'm like, oh no. That's not good. And, and you, yeah, you, uh, the other day we were at this meeting or you were at lunch and you interrupted so-and-so. I did? <laughs> That's not good. And so she knows how to bring them to me where it's not like, and she's like, I know you're busy. I know you're, you're thinking about a hundred things on Sunday, but you might want to pay attention. <laughs> but you know what? Guess what? I've embraced it most of the time. And I've grown because someone was willing to tell me the truth in love. Are we, okay, are, we're, I know we're all willing to tell people the truth in love. A lot of us are, right? Are we willing to accept the truth in love? Especially from our spouse or a parent, are we willing to accept the truth in love? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called, what? Children of God. And, and a lot of times it's like, hey, when you don't listen to people, it makes it seem like you don't care for them. You know, that's what Tara would uh, tell me about. Hey, you know, they might, this is what they feel like, or this is how I feel when you interrupt me, that what you're saying is more important. When you raise your voice, you know, maybe this is in your home, I don't feel safe. It's good to, it's good to put some heart in there and, and show the, the truth in love. Number two, if you're going to be a Christ-centered home, what do peacemakers do? Number two, apologize when you are wrong. Apologize when you are wrong. Is this a hard one? No? Okay, cool. We're good. Let's, let's move on to the next one. I'm just kidding. Apologize when you are wrong. James 5.16 says it this way. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be... So that you may be... 
The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So wait, you're telling me that sin and forgiveness and apologizing is connected with healing and righteousness and power and effectiveness. Yes. It's important that we apologize when we're wrong. And it's hard to apologize when we're wrong, isn't it? You know, and when we apologize, like, I'm sorry about that. You know, we have, to, we have to be specific. Hey, sorry I interrupted you. That was rude. Like, I really don't want to be like that. I'm sorry. Have you ever noticed, though, that we apologize and then we give all the excuses afterwards? Right? Or we say stuff afterwards. I remember I, remember I learned maybe the wrong way when I was a kid. We would, my brother and I or my sister and I would do stuff. And um, we would apologize because our parents told us. And so we would, we would say something like, hey, I'm sorry. And then when our parents would be like, I'm not really sorry. <laughs> and then we kicked them or something. Listen, we're adults now. We can still, we're still like that a lot of times. We need to admit to specific things with no excuses. What would our relationships look like if when we sinned, we confessed it and asked for forgiveness? So peacemakers sound like they're humble, right? Peacemakers are humble. They, they ask for forgiveness. When we ask for forgiveness with a specific action, and with no excuses. You know, we, we hear guys say, sorry I looked at that online, but you weren't fulfilling my needs. Not a good way to apologize. It's important that, that in our heart, we are sorry. We have forgiveness. That we're asking for forgiveness. It's important. You know, that's, it could be kind of a pathetic apology, and really is not an apology at all. Um, the big difference when we're, when we're apologizing and we feel sorry for something or we're asking for forgiveness is two things. Number one, a big difference is remorse. Remorse is really, I just, ah, sorry I got caught, right? Ah, sorry I got caught. A lot of us can feel that, right? Oh man, I should have been more secretive with that. I shouldn't have let this out. Sorry I got caught. The second one is repentance. I'm sorry, I was wrong. And I want God to help me through this. Will you forgive me? So peacemakers, what do we do? We, we apologize when we are, what? Wrong. And then the last one, if, if we're going to be a Christ-centered home, what do peacemakers do? Number three, forgive and let go. This is a hard one, isn't it? Maybe you've been through something horrible. Maybe someone has done something terrible to you. Maybe someone, you know, you're like Pastor Landon. You haven't had a hard life like me. I, I've been through this, this, and this. And you know what? That might be true. And so forgiveness is a very hard thing to deal with. You know, I can't forgive. How, how, do I, how do I even begin to forgive? 
Someone betrayed me. My spouse was in, a, in an adulterous relationship. I suffered abuse. It's not easy, but it's doable in a Christ-centered home. Amen? Look what Colossians 3.13 says. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. You know, forgiving someone doesn't mean what that person that you forgave did something right. You know that? doesn't mean they're off the hook for they did something right. But what it means is that you don't have to deal with it. You gave it to the Lord. That you forgave. You don't have any bitterness in your heart toward anybody. And that's the way God wants it to be. Because of this line here at the end of verse 13. It says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Has the Lord forgiven you of your sin? Isn't it amazing what Jesus went and did on the cross? The blood that he shed for each and every person in the room. It's amazing the forgiveness that we have in Jesus. Imagine all of our sin being dumped on Jesus on the cross. He forgave us so that we could have grace and forgive other people. You know, I believe our family... Our families are worth it, don't you? I believe our family unit is worth it. I believe that every home in this room right now is worth it. That we don't need to give up on our marriage. That we don't need to give up on our kids. Peacemakers don't do that. We don't give up on our kids. And they go off on this road. We, we begin to be, we deliver peace to them bring them on home again. Amen? And it does take both of us as a spouse to, to bring peace. Look what it says in Matthew 5.38. It says, You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. Man, like that one's hard, isn't it? Jesus is saying, be humble. Have grace. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. That's hard, right? You know, as peacemakers, God is calling us, just like Jesus said in this scripture, to go the extra mile. Maybe it's calling someone up and saying, hey, can we get together? Hey, can we do a call? Can we do a Skype call? Whatever it might be. But what we don't do is when things get tough, we don't walk away. Amen? They would become peacemakers. We've been forgiven. Now it's time for us to show grace. You know, it's not just about our even our homes today. 
our blood relation. But you know what? The church, we're all related, aren't we? So if there's anybody even in this room or in another church or wherever, it's time to forgive. Amen? Church needs to be a place of peacemakers. Amen? Especially in the times that we live in. And then at the very end of this scripture we read today, guess who we're going to look like? Jesus. Because he was the ultimate peacemaker. He came out of heaven to deliver peace. Right? You're like, well, I gotta, I gotta cross the line and apologize to this person. Jesus came out of heaven to bring peace so that we could be peacemakers. We're children of God. You know, uh, I don't know about you, but my kid looks a little bit like me. Blonde hair, blue eyes. Listen, she looks a little bit like Tara. And you know what? When we're peacemakers, we look like God. Isn't that awesome? He's our dad. And so when we're peacemakers, we look like our Father in heaven. We act like our Father in heaven. So can we stand for a moment? Look at this scripture. Can we read this one more time together? Matthew 5, 9. Let's read this together. One, two, three. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So today I got a couple questions for you before we close. Everybody stand still for a moment. Let's close our eyes for a moment. Number one question. Do you want to be a peacemaker? If you do, would you just say, that's me. I want to raise my hand. That's me. I'll... I'll I want to be a peacemaker. Oh yeah, we, we should definitely should have hands up all over the place. Amen. Amen. And then the second question is, and this is kind of more specific. Maybe in your family there's some brokenness. There's some relationships that need healing. Maybe today you say, that's us. I want to... I want to have healing today for my, my family and my home. You raise your hand and say, that's, that's me today. Amen. Amen. Can we pray this together if you raise your hand today? Lord, help us to tell the truth. Help us to ask for forgiveness. We pray for those who are hurt, abused, betrayed. Lord, heal now, even those that are in the room. Heal our hearts. Help us to forgive. Give us grace today. Help us to confess our sins to one another. You know, Lord, what the enemy tried to steal, you make new. Lord, we pray for healing in this room right now that we would have a Christ-centered home, that you'd heal marriages in this room, kids and parents would be brought back together, the churches, if there's anyone who was hurt in church, that you would heal them in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the last question I have, before we, before we lift our heads up, last question, 
Are you right with Jesus today? Have you put your faith in Jesus today? Is He who you look to for your peace and your joy? You know, the Bible says that our sin has separated us from God. But you know what? The good news is He is the ultimate peacemaker. And He's reaching in and saying, Follow me. Follow me. And I'll give you salvation. And so if that's you today, would you lift your hand and say, I want to follow Jesus today. I want to make Him my Lord and Savior. Anyone else? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Anyone else? This is the time to say, Let's say this prayer together. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Make me new. Give me the gift of your spirit. I want to follow you forever. In Jesus' name. The church said...